It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. Speaking of CFPs and speaking of friends, <laughs> I've got two of them with me in the KFG studio, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Well, Mike, I'm going to tell you, lots of people are leaving the workforce or changing jobs, and it's a phenomenon right now called the Great Resignation. So whether you're moving on to the next job or you're doing the final Great Resignation, the question is, what are you leaving behind? And what should you do with your retirement plan or your 401k when you switch employers? That and more coming up on this hour of the Wise Money Show. It's sort of been percolating this idea of the great resignation and this economic trend that we're seeing. It's been percolating as, okay, we got to talk about this, but how? And we're going to do that today and apply it to, okay, how does this impact you? If you have questions for us, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help you, by the way, as well, if we if we can. Just reach out to us. You can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574 574- 222-2000 online, wisemoneyshow.com. And there's a section right there on the right. You can submit a question, turns into an email, comes right to me. Most engagement, though, happens on social media. YouTube channel gets a lot of hits there, Wise Money Show. Just search it on YouTube. But wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Okay, so uh, so there's more people. There's there, Excuse me, there's more job openings and there are people looking for work. I actually have some recent stats as well that we're, we'll share. And there are all sorts of ramifications with that imbalance. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of calling all things connected to that the great resignation because, you know, they're good at putting spins on things and whatever. But so um, we're going to let's get into that and talk a, about the ramifications, both macro, uh, so, so sort of throughout the economy, but then also micro. And I mean micro like in your life. How is this impacting you? Or if you're changing jobs or you're resigning from your job and not sure if you're going to reenter the workforce, what do you need to be aware of? So, guys, some perspective. Let's get into the great resignation, the what, the why, the details. Yeah, well, we are looking at the statistics and the the number of people that have resigned. And again, the the data is a little lagging. So in August, September, October, we're seeing resignation rates like we've historically we've never seen before Mm -hmm. and so the question is well what is happening so this doesn't include the full year of of 2021 i'm not sure if that data is out yet but um through october 38.6 million people have quit their jobs that is like, insane. That is insane. Okay, and so also, and I we can't, crazy. We can't share this over the <laughs> over the radio waves. But uh, if you looked at a chart of the labor force participation rate, it's been trending down since 2000 because of technology and baby boomers. Okay, but uh, but we get to this shutdown of the economy, and it just drops a couple percent like a rock. Okay, and then this great reopening. That's what we should be talking about. But here's why we're talking about the great resignation instead of the great reopening, because that labor force participation rate came up about half and then it's plateaued. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, we lost a ton of jobs. A lot of people left the workforce and half of those have not returned. And if you are a geek like us and you pay attention to the payroll numbers, uh, the jobs report that comes out each month, uh, there's been a couple decent ones. But there's been a whole lot of disappointment. People are just not returning. You know, my father-in-law was asking me about this recently. He's, he said, why, 
why is there such a problem right now with finding matching workers with all these open positions? And I, I shared my own anecdotal uh, perspective. You know, we, we work with a certain part of the population and many of them are entering into retirement early. And so in, in my mind, I thought, well, you know, the great resignation, all of the kind of chaos in the world, there's sort of a, a lot of um, upheaval in many companies and everything. And some people are just deciding, you know what, I, I don't want this anymore. And can I retire? Can I retire a little bit earlier than I had planned? And a lot of folks are making that decision. So, so in my mind, I'm watching this happen with clients and I'm hearing about it, reading about it. And so I, I thought, well, this is just an acceleration of retirement. But that's actually not what the data says. Mm. I read a report by Harvard Business Review that said it's actually, it's our age band. It's, it's between 30 and 45-year-olds are having the greatest increase, greatest percentage increase in resignations. And those between 60 and 70, it's actually dropped as a whole. They are, they are resigning uh, less often, believe it or not. And same thing amongst 20 to 25-year-olds. And so m- many of these people are leaving their jobs and they're leaving without another job lined up. Mm. And part of that, we, you know, we said before the show, well, man, this could be a negative topic when you're talking about resignations and just what's driving a lot of this. But here's the reality. Burnout is the number one cause that people are leaving their, their roles, leaving their jobs. And um, again, many of them are leaving just to get out of that position and they don't even know really where they're going to land next. Well, the good news is between this uh, labor shortage and increasing demand, wherever you'll land, uh, you'll have burnout there too. Mm-hmm. So there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Wherever you're right? going, they're sh- they're likely short on employees as well. And but not just burnout. You've got to then learn the new position and learn all the new dynamics. Which and, and that anyway. points that points to productivity um, trending downward. And but it is it is interesting, Josh. And I and thanks for including me in the our age range. <laughs> um, I'm slightly more uh, mature. That's true. Than these youngsters here in the studio with. Well, him. I was thinking I was about thirty, so yeah. and you were at the upper edge of that range, so yeah, the far upper edge. So, but I mean, the, it it is inter- it's, it is happening younger than forty. Folks that are younger than forty, and the the what got me interested in this is in China this whole lie flat movement, where they they're opting out of the nine nine six program, because in China, um, it, it, just think about how many hours a week you work and and you're you know job satisfaction, everything else. In China, you work from nine to nine, six days a week. So that's the 996 program. And what happened was a guy uh, kind of opted out of that and said, I'm not doing this anymore. He went to some island with just a few bucks and showed how he could kind of subsist. And he became a social media phenomenon. And he's been inspiring a lot of his his younger peers to say, okay, well, you know, nine nine six for two bucks an hour. I'm not into that program. Hmm. So I, but the good news is this is a show about financial planning, and I know we're going to get to the financial planning ramifications, but it is important to understand the and and we talk about this. Um, most business owners that we talk to, they are short employees. For sure. And you say, hey, how's it going? Hey, we're doing great. We've never been busier, but we can't find enough people to do the work. Mm -hmm. Now, this is causing business owners to think differently about a couple of things. Number one, how do they get the work done? But also, how do you treat 
your team mm-hmm. because if you're if you're skating shorthanded, how do you make sure that you don't burn out your team and exacerbate the problem of the labor shortage, your current labor shortage? Well, so there's lots of potential ramifications. I'm, I'm hearing that and saying, well, so so tech investment, right? That would be one. You know, if if I can. If, if technology isn't going to quit and resign or retire earlier or whatever, then I'm assuming that's part of this trend, and that might be why tech companies have done so well over the past 18 months. Um, uh, you know, a, 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 another is, gosh, I would expect inflation to be pretty stubborn, right? Because if businesses have a lot of demand and not as much workers to meet that, su- that, that supply, meet that demand, uh, to me, that's okay. Well, I've just got to increase prices, and that will tamper demand. But the orders we are able to fill will be hopefully more profitable to us. And so, lots of ramifications on a macro level. We'll probably continue to touch on those. But the bigger question is, you are have you recently changed jobs? And if so, what are the ramifications? Are you considering changing a job? What's the lag time? What's the financial kind of drag that you experience when that happens? So we're going to talk about those financial planning implications, that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. There is an employment imbalance right now in the system at a macro level that's creating all sorts of issues with, gosh, inflation and certain trends, but it also might be impacting you and your personal finances. We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast, wherever you listen, we are there. Just search Wise Money Show and subscribe or follow us there and then rate the program as well. We appreciate that. Talking about the great resignation, but then applying it to your personal finance. Wise Money Show is about financial planning and this big trend of people leaving the workforce or people changing jobs obviously has a personal financial planning implication. In fact, we don't have the data in front of us, although Josh looks like he's doing solitaire or something on his computer. Um, there, the, the drag at which when you switch employers financially, what sort of gap is created there? And think about, well, um, I, I might be 90 days before I can get on the health insurance. I might be six months or a year before I can start the 401k. I might be losing some vested dollars from my old 401k. I've got to, you know, maybe I'm moving or with this higher salary, I buy a new vehicle and then that all of a sudden uses up all that margin and I'm not making as much progress in my financial life. So my goodness, work with a financial coach. But let's let's talk about it this way. Kevin has this uh, th- this this idea. He came into the studio today and said, "Hey, let's talk about the the three things you need to consider financially before you make the job change." Now, Kevin, as as I tee up for this, yep. this is you've already kind of you've already prayed about it. You've already talked to wise counsel, and you've said, "Yep, I, I it's it's time for me to make a change. I'm leaving one employer and going to another." Yep. Right. Okay. So, so you've done all that discerning and we're telling you, don't, don't jump into this frenzy. Oh, everyone's quitting. So maybe I should, or maybe something's wrong with me. If I don't change my, my job, no way, no way would I, would we say that? But if you've done all the discerning, mm-hmm. all the thinking prayer and whatever your decision-making is, and you're like, yeah, I'm making, I'm making a change. 
Mm-hmm. What are the top three things you need to do? Well, and and I'm going to back up just a, just a tad because you said, what should I do before I make the decision to quit? I would be super careful about making the decision to quit. We just went out and and did an ed- educational workshop for an employer where we handled their retirement plan, but we also talked to their team about their benefits because as you drive around Elkhart County. You see signs that say, hey, start here for $18 an hour, start here for $20 an hour, start here for $25 an hour. So you are inundated with uh, FOMO or, or mm-hmm. fear of missing out or the, the grass is greener kind of a syndrome. And how many bad days does it take before you say, well, it's horrible here and it's got to be way better over there? So if you start going there, I would hit the brakes and say, wait a minute. I need to understand exactly what I have. A lot of times your HR department is going to give that to you. They're going to say, hey, this is what we pay you either hourly or salary wise, but these are your benefits. And so this is really what you actually make while working at our organization. And you'd want to understand that. And I know the reason why people stay at jobs and and the reason why people leave jobs, compensation is, um, I don't know, it's down on the list. It's not... When you look at studies, it's not the top reason, but I would understand that. So if you said, what are the three things, especially financial planning type things that I should consider before I leave? First of all, I want to understand, Mike, and you you alluded to this, my vesting schedule. Is there a vesting schedule on the company match or do I even have a defined benefit program? So am I... Am I six months away from being vested in a pension that, that I would then have a, a, a monthly income that I couldn't outlive when I'm done? So I would want to understand that. that. That's a big one, though, to not lose sight of. I, I've had clients who have worked in the school system, and they've gotten to nine, nine and a half years of you know time on the job. And you know they have a 10-year vesting schedule. And I've literally had to talk people into just working that last six months, sticking with it, because the financial impact to you, if you get that pension or you mm-hmm. leave it on the table, is enormous. I, I was telling Now, I'm not going to make this offer to everyone, okay? I'm not making this offer to you specifically, but I have looked at a client across the table and said, you know, if you stay three more years at your job, your pension gets so rich, I will drive you to your job every day. <laughs> I will come pick you up on my way to work. I'll pick you up and I'll drive you to your job because it is, I mean, his pension was going to double, you know, wow. from like from like three grand, which is an amazing pension, to six grand by three extra years of work. And I'm like, I will take you. I'll pack your lunch, man. This is this makes sense. You've got to stay. Well, do you do you remember the client that we were working with in out east? We, oh, yeah. We, we drove from Washington, D.C., one fateful evening up to a, a state out there. I, I, I'm not going to be specific. But we went, and he is, his pension, based on what his current level of activity was, was going to be about twenty grand. And we showed him that if he was willing to go full-time for three years, his pension would go from twenty grand to about fifty-seven grand. Wow. And they couldn't believe it, and we showed it to him because, you know, we did the research. And so he's, he said, well, that's an option for me to go full-time. We said, go full-time. Right. He went full-time, and uh, he's still benefiting from that today. That's awesome. Yeah. So un- understanding your your benefits, for sure. Yeah, and I would then, then understand if you have a retirement plan. For instance, here's one that we see occasionally. If you've got a 401K, do you have a 401K loan? Because when you leave the company – 
you may be able to keep making those 401k loan payments. Most times you're not able to do that. Mm. So what happens with that loan? If I have a $25,000 loan, that is now $25,000 of income to me because it's considered a, that loan would be considered a distribution. Well, that distribution, I have to pay federal and state income taxes, and I have to pay a 10% penalty if I'm not yet 59 and a half. So that ends up becoming real money. So you may want to come up with a plan to get look at all of the various sources of assets and, and um, cash that you have and figure out, would it be smart for me to get this loan either paid back before I go or shortly after I leave so that that's, this is not a distribution to me? Yeah, that's one of the, the major drawbacks to a 401k, or at least a, a 401k loan, that is. Uh, it, it's a risk to you that you're signing up for a five-year payback, typically. And you know when you took the loan, obviously, you're assuming life is fine and you're not going to change jobs or whatever. And then the pandemic hits. And people who previously had never even considered swapping jobs or relocating or anything like that, all of a sudden are doing that. And they've got maybe this 401k loan that could be penalized, could get taxed if you don't have a way to pay that thing back. And so you need to think twice about how you finance your debt. And, you know, does it in some way lock you in somewhere or limit you? And a 401k loan is, is one to pay close attention to. Okay, so Josh got me hooked on the solitaire game. I can't. I, so, Kevin, did you mention the health insurance chat? I mean, because that one, there's, there's a couple ways with your health insurance benefit. When you're leaving an employer, mm-hmm. um, that, that thing either you're done with your health coverage immediately the mm-hmm. day you're, you terminate, and, but some it covers you till the end of the month. You better be aware of that, okay? And certainly if you're transitioning to another employer, what their waiting period is. Yeah, and is COBRA an option? And the other thing is if I'm leaving in the middle of the year and I've already, I have a high deductible health plan, I've already spent $6,000 on medical stuff, I now, um, my medical stuff's covered for the rest of the year. If I go to a new employer, I might start that clock ticking all over again. So this could be the year that I have a $12,000 deductible. Or, and that's, hmm. that's true whether you go to another employer or just retire altogether. I, I, we hadn't gotten into this with some clients, and, and it was something that hadn't been discussed, and they were just planning to retire in the middle, uh, you know, at summertime. And come to find out, in our fall meeting, they were talking about how, yeah, well, you know, the husband had met his deductible, and at his job, and now we're on different insurance, and we got to start the deductible all over. Ouch. They weren't preparing for that cash flow. So, um, more ramifications, but also then financially, what do you need to be aware of? What, what do you need to do when you get into that new job? We're going to help you with that coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right, so you're switching jobs financially, you get to that new place, you're trying to learn how to access your email technology, the systems, all that stuff. Financially, what do you need to do in your first you know, few days on that job? We're helping you with that. Right now, this is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KF2 studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, just search the Wise Money Show. All right. So, You've decided, you haven't like FOMO'd, you haven't had fear of missing out, gosh, grass is greener on the other side, I better change jobs. And you haven't fallen into the trap of, okay, this job is so demanding, I've got to leave 
something I love and I'm passionate about and go to something that's less demanding because guys, it's all crazy, ridiculous, demanding right now. It Mm -hmm. just all is wherever you look. If it's not, I'm going to say that business is unstable right now. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say that? That's a bold statement, but I, I think that's completely true. So, um, so it's, but, but you've, you've had all these, the, the discussions you need to, you're, you're making a change with jobs, Kevin, you, we've just hit a lot of the things that you need to be uh, aware of or things you need to do before you change employers. Summarize for us. Yeah, I mean, if, in summary, what you want to do is make sure that your employer-provided benefits are in good order as you're leaving and understand, is there a better time to make this transition? And if there is, is it worth hanging in there? And, and I talked to a guy just the other day, and he said, I didn't know I was going to leave, but I realized during the day it was my last day there. Oh my oh, goodness. Wow. And he made a decision. Now I would encourage you if you're if you're feeling that, like that feeling, um, just check yourself. I mean, is it is it is that feeling because you had Taco Bell for lunch? Or <laughs> yeah. is that is that a real feeling that you're feeling? And if it is, I would commit to saying, Okay, I think I've made a decision today. Um, but I'm not going to follow through on the decision that I made today until a week from now. Until I've had all the discussions that I need to with my supervisor and all that, right? And and surely, I mean, I don't know the circumstances of that story where you showed up and it turns out today's my last day. Um, were, were there any signs, um, you know, s- some sort of foreshadowing that was happening maybe months earlier where you were starting to realize you're dissatisfied or you you had that question pop in your head. If it is, it's something you need to talk to your certified financial planner about. Get them involved as early as possible when you start to suspect that, you know what, I, I might not retire from this particular job. Uh, I, I may need to change employers because your certified financial planner hopefully comes to the table calm, cool, collected, thinking, um, com- completely rationally, no emotion involved, no frustrations brought to the table. And they can ask themselves the questions that you're you're saying, Kevin, you know, is there a better timing here? Are there any things that you're going to be giving up by leaving just a little too early? Um, are, are there some benefits that are going to need to be replaced? You know, maybe all your life insurance is on a group policy and you still need life insurance. Or is there a way to have that be portable and go with you? Or do you need to replace it with your own private policy? I mean, there's all these questions that may be just so far from your radar screen because you're really just frustrated with your employer or your manager or something. Get someone in your corner who will help you identify the things that you're not seeing. Yeah, it's an incredibly emotional time. And a lot of times when it comes to your finances, if you mix finances and emotion, that finances plus emotion typically equals bad decisions. Yeah. And true. so I would I would try to get as unemotional as I possibly could. I'd get a professional in my court looking helping me look at these things and and consider but yeah you and you want to end well i would just encourage you to end well it's it, to me it's fascinating there are certain industries where someone will work someplace um they'll leave because they're upset they'll leave because they got fired uh they'll go across town work in the same industry and they'll be back three years later um you're not talking about uh, Notre Dame football coach. <laughs> Are you? Like that, that's about as bad of an ending as you can get. Right? Well, but I that's mean, all right. This is someone that we all look up to and is very influential on young kids. Yeah. So, uh, it, so 
Okay. Well, I, no, I think I think it's helpful uh, for all of us to have examples of how not to do it in in our <laughs> lives, and and you've seen that in the workplace too. And you've said, I mean, you, hey, we can all judge. We, hey, that person ended well, and and good on them, and. You know that person didn't end well, and I'm assuming that the person that didn't end well uh, probably wishes they had a do-over and, and yeah. they would end well. But um, I would encourage you, if it's at all possible, to end well. And then I think I would I put a bow on that by pulling out something Joshua said, which is, "What of my benefits are portable? Whether I I'm, I have life insurance that's portable, long-term care, disability insurance that's portable, or." Um, what would I uh, do with my medical? Because I might be able to get on COBRA, and I've got 60 days to make that decision. I'm covered for those 60 days. So if I get to day 58 and uh, my son breaks his arm, um, I'm going to sign up for COBRA and get mm-hmm. covered. If I get to day 58 and my new employer plan starts, um, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. I just hop on there, and I'm off to the races. So... I would, when I when I first start my new job, there's lots of things that you'd want to do. So if you said, well, like skill-wise and career-wise, what would I do? That's one thing. But I, from a financial perspective, I would understand what are the dates, and I'd put them in my calendar. On this date, I'm eligible for this program. On this date, I'm eligible for the health insurance. On this date, the uh, I can enroll in the 401k. On this date, and and what and and right while while it's fresh in your memory, if there's a five year vesting schedule on the four hundred one k, take some good notes. Put that somewhere where it'll be easily accessed and understand um, the other things how how to get things to work together for you. Uh, I'm going to go into the weeds for just a second here because you're talking about health insurance and and making a good transition there. I think is important. We talk a lot on this show about health savings accounts. And not everybody's eligible for an HSA, but those who are, you know, it's it's one of the best tax shelters that you can take advantage of. But if you swap employers partway through the year and you go from an HSA eligible employer to one who doesn't, or you do have some sort of gap there, you have to be careful about uh, overfunding that HSA. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, you have to prorate the amount that you contribute to the number of months that you are actually eligible. And it's a month is considered to be eligible if you're uh, covered on the first day of the month. So you got to count those up, figure out how many out of 12 months, and that will determine how much you can contribute that year. Don't mess that one up because you may have to be fixing the problem come tax time and backing dollars out. It can kind of create a mess. This one's, uh, I mean, that one's fairly common. This one's less common, but you've got to integrate your 401k contributions in a way. Like you can't, you can't, well, hey, I know I'm going to leave six months into this employer. So let me max fund with this employer and then I'll go to the new one and I'll max fund that one too. No, no, no. That's an annual limit, not a per employer, per plan limit. That's an annual limit you need to be aware of. Yeah. And we're talking a lot about employer sponsored stuff, but I would, if you, if you said, give me a checklist of things that I want to do, you, you want to update your budget. It's possible when you're moving, you're making more money. And I would I would want to confirm benefits-wise, I actually am making more money or not. Mm-hmm. And I that is a time to, to you know put a stake in the ground and say, I'm not going to allow lifestyle creep or any other creeps in my life. <laughs> I was just about, I was just waiting for Kevin to pause there because I would commit to maybe 12 months 
of not making a permanent decision to inflate your lifestyle. And what could that mean? Well, buying a new truck, buying a new vehicle, signing on for some other subscription or something like that, where all of a sudden you've then locked yourself into this new obligation you know, permanently because, oh, well, I'm going from making 60 grand to making 65 grand. And all of a sudden, poof, that's, that's gone, right? So uh, work with your certified financial planner on that and they can help you be aware, be proactive and make a great decision. We've got more of these details about the great resignation. That more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right, if you if you're if you're making the great resignation, you're making that great job change or maybe that permanent job resignation, right? And uh, what, what's the implications in your financial life and specifically maybe your own retirement plan? What do you do with it? We've got that and more. We're hitting right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe, and turn on notifications. You get all the bonus content as well. Lots of banter between between segments. But then uh, next where I step videos all throughout the week. Kevin's Kevin's about to give me some feedback and says, hey, you missed something on one of them. I can't wait to hear it. So go to YouTube, check it out. Okay, so we're still we're still talking about this great resignation, right? And uh, and if you're making a change in, from one employer to another, I want to go detailed. We can take it back high level in a minute, but what do you do with your old 401k plan? What do you do with your old retirement plan at your old employer? So in my opinion, it, it, having done this for 28 years, most people, it's going to make the most sense for them to roll it into an IRA. Mm-hmm. So I go from 401k to IRA. If it was all pre-tax and what we would call traditional, then you roll it into your traditional IRA that's likely pre-tax. If there's a Roth uh, component to that, you roll that into your Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And th- the, the thing that I would add, so one of, one of the highlights of my day is uh, pulling up the YouTube channel and seeing Mikey B rocking out uh, the next Y Step videos. It just, it just it tickles me every day. And uh, <laughs> so I, I, I find myself watching these. And the one uh, th- recently that I was watching that ties into this, it's, you'd have to go back maybe a month or so, um, but he was talking about how um, I can aggregate my IRAs for purposes of a required minimum distribution. And, okay, so let me just tease this out there. For With a required minimum distribution, there's sort of three scenarios that I ran through in this video. And it is, okay, I've got multiple IRAs, and I have to take a required distribution. Do I have to take a little bit from each, or can I aggregate? Okay, that's one scenario that we answer. The second is I've got an old retirement plan through an employer, an old 401k or an old 403b, and IRAs. Well, can I aggregate those? Okay, there's an answer in that video. And then the third is, okay, I've got my own IRA, and then I've inherited an IRA from maybe my parents. Both have required uh, withdrawals. Can I aggregate those? So, yeah. Yeah, and so as and you you touched on this a little bit, but what's the case for saying if I get to RMD age, and again, if I get to RMD age and I'm still working and I have a 401k, I don't have to do an RMD. But if I if I get to RMD age and I have an old 401k, why? What's the case for saying roll that thing out? And and we I, I came across this very unique situation 
where um, because the Roth 401k hasn't been around forever. So to see someone with a decent sized balance in a Roth 401k and to need to take RMDs, it, it, it was a little unusual at the time. But this person had about 400 grand, about 200 in, in the Roth and 200 in the traditional. Well, when they did their required minimum distribution, it, which was about 30 grand, it was half and half. Oh, no. Oh, um. yes. So you think about that and you think, well, my Roth IRA, I would never have a required minimum distribution. Right. But if I have a Roth 401k, I had to take a required minimum distribution because they took it pro rata. Well, the interesting thing hmm. is, and I, I, I threw this out there, the 401k, it's one account, but it's, it has some partitions in it. Like your one account can actually have some that's pre-tax, some that's Roth. Well, within your IRA, you might have after-tax and pre-tax, but your Roth is completely separate. They And I, I actually, one time we were talking, I was like, I wonder if they'll ever clean that up. Well, the, you're... you're you're making a case, Kevin. No, it should be completely clear and, and separate there. So uh, anyway. Was that an IRS rule or was that a just a quirk with that particular plan? Do no, you know? there's an IRS rule. If you, for, your, for your Roth 401k, you've got to if take. You've got both. Yeah. You still have to pull RMD out of both. That's exactly right. That's interesting. Yeah. And the only thing I would encourage trap. you is, is to know the rules and, and cite to authority, look at the proof source, look at the right. actual document, because you can't get there from here. You can't say, hey, I understand how the lay of the land. I understand how things work. Because we were working with some folks that had worked in, um, in, in academia and had retirement plans from a, a small uh, uh, private Catholic uh, school here in our backyard, but then had some other ones. And we did required minimum distributions from 12 different accounts. And we said, okay, it, it took, it, it, it only took us about five hours and several wrong answers. Yeah. And the problem with wrong answers is if you don't know what the right answer is that you're looking for, you don't, you wouldn't ever think of pushing back. Right. Yeah. And the penalties on you. Yeah. Right. So so this is where you want to be I I am a huge believer in simplicity. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you said that most people if you leave an employer whether it's into retirement or to go join another employer, most people the right answer is to roll over your old retirement plan to an IRA. And you do have the option of leaving it there. But to, to Kevin's point, you start creating an administrative nightmare for yourself down the road as you start mm -hmm. to accumulate retirement plans all over the place at past employers. If, if the average employee stays at an employer for 4.1 years, think about how many retirement plans you could accumulate during your, your working career. And so it's better to consolidate those into an IRA. It's easier to manage. It's easier to keep your, your arms wrapped around. And ultimately, to get better results because you have more investment options to choose from inside of that IRA as compared to most retirement plans through an employer. So it seems, I mean, ultimately, work with your certified financial planner who's doing comprehensive financial planning. You hear us say that all the time because they're going to be a fiduciary. They're going to know all six areas of your financial life and how they intersect. And then so when these great choices come up, that's really when you need wisdom. What is wise money? Well, I've got a choice, a, a decision to make among a few seemingly good options. Which one is best? Oh, that's when you need wisdom, okay? 
a lot of times, but not every time, a lot of time, you when you're transitioning from one employer uh, either fully into retirement or to another employer, your old retirement plan, you're going to want to roll that into an IRA. But work with your Sherpa on that. Now, and you guys can feel free to pick back up no, on that. No, I was just going to say, do you, what do you say in most circumstances when you know the option is on the table to move your old 401k to the new 401k if you have a new employer? Can, are, are there times when you would say, yeah, that can, that can make some sense? I, I'm thinking in terms of maybe 401k loan is available mm-hmm. if you know you're going to need some financing there. That's one. If you're making this job change saying, well, you know, I'm going to be retiring at 55. Uh, there's there's no question. Uh-huh. You know? So I'm I'm making this change and it's going to be more stressed, but it will be more money and I'll be able to be done at, say, 56. And therefore, uh, there's conditions in this 401k plan that would allow me to draw money out of this 401k penalty free after at, at age 55 or after mm-hmm. that, that'd be a second scenario. We've, we've used that strategy before where uh, a client was leaving, going to a new employer, and they did have this rule where, you know, if, if you retire after age 55, you can get access to this money a few years earlier. And so we just rolled enough for him to right. fund his few years and the rest went to an IRA. Yep. And that's because once it's in the IRA, we had the option of doing some Roth conversions along the way. So you're, you're basically stacking strategies, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So on this vein of 401k, you've changed jobs. Now you're in your new at your new employer. And as Kevin said, you know, write down the date when you're eligible for X. Here's what I'd encourage you. There's been this explosion of popularity with these auto enrollment 401k. That's like, remember those uh, old kind of dorky commercials, the easy button? Yeah. Uh, I think it was Staples. I don't yeah. even know if Staples is around anymore. The easy button. Mm-hmm. Auto enrollment is the easy button, but it's not the right button. Okay. That's, that's not the, okay, that's what I should do. Click. No, that's the, okay, I'm going to be nudged to start doing something. That's rarely that's rarely the right amount. So mm-hmm. I would tell you one of the first things that you need to do when you're switching to a new employer is m- figure out from your certified financial planner, how much should I be contributing to my 401k and start there. Yeah, and, and Don't <laughs> just fall for the auto enrollment trap that, okay, now I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. No. no so way. I'm, I'm going to, in the spirit of one-upsmanships, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see your That's rare your favorite game. Isn't it? I, it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna see your rarely and raise you to never because <laughs> it, it it not only is it not the right amount, it's not the right account. Ah. So a lot of times the the auto enrollment amount isn't even enough to capture all of the company match. And like, well, you gotta capture the whole company match or you're leaving money on the table. So capture that, but then also. Again, we talked, we, you know, we've had this conversation many times. What are the most important financial decisions in your life? One of the most important financial decisions in your life is where is that money invested? What yeah. is my asset allocation? And if you go with the QDIA, which is basically the fund that it's the plain vanilla fund that everyone gets stuck into if you don't make your own election. By the way, if you work for the federal government, that automatic investment option is the G fund. Uh, that is cash. Yeah, I've seen people just funding. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm contributing to my to my thrift savings plan. It's just it's not growing cash. for you at yeah. all, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so I thought you were going to, uh, you know, you might default yourself into a traditional 401k when really the Roth 401k option maybe is the is the right one for you. Yeah, or here, or you might be listening to this today and say, wait, a Roth option. 
and you pull up your 401k and you say, hey, I've got a Roth option. Boom, I'm switching to the Roth option. We did case class this week with some folks that are cranking into the Roth side that definitively should not be putting their contributions into the Roth side. Blasphemy. No way. <laughs> right? So there's, Cereal. <laughs> there's all sorts of, uh, there's, the, the Roth IRA gets just a lot of promotion, and we love it too. If from, it's the yeah, right plan. From Mike Bernard. <laughs> if it's the right plan for you. The point is you've got to figure that out. And that's not just something you can put on autopilot. That's an that's an ongoing that's an ongoing decision. Um, anything else with uh, with with changing jobs or starting the new job? Anything else financially you gotta be aware of? One of the mistakes we stumble into around tax time is realizing that uh, someone changed jobs partway through the year and they didn't stop to recognize that maybe their tax withholdings got messed up. Oh my. Yes. This happens so often. It's especially when you're working for an employer that's in a different state. Sometimes the payroll companies they just don't fully understand the local tax nuances from from your particular jurisdiction, your county or whatever. Um, you know, maybe you had a pay increase. You, you forgot the fact that for years and years at that old employer, you were having some extra taxes withheld, and now you're not. I mean, you can get yourself into uh, some under withholding pretty quick, and unfortunately, you don't find it often until it's tax time. Work with your certified financial planner early if you're considering making this change. Early, they can they can help you objectify it and think through some of these things, so you're not reacting. Instead, you're being proactive. So that's all we it's all the time we have for today. Thanks for being here. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated. You can call or text us, 574-247. Oh, my goodness. I missed That's our phone number? No. Nope. No, we're going to start over. <laughs> <laughs>